When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm financial expert Nicole Lappin. It's time for some money rehab. This week, we've talked to a rock star economist and the most photographed guy on Wall Street. And now it's time to go a little closer to home. Literally, we're going to the Real Housewives of New York City. Today, I'm chatting with Kelly Ben Simone. To Roni fans, Kelly is an icon from the two seasons she spent on the show over a decade ago. Now, she's a successful real estate agent who closed nine figures of sales in 2021 alone. Of course, with real estate being such a hot topic, I wanted to get all of her inside expertise. But there's another money trail I also wanted to follow. The money trail of the Real Housewives. Full disclosure, I've never actually seen an episode of The Housewives. I know I'm probably the only person on the planet, but somehow I am still hooked. Despite not watching the show, I see all of these headlines about cast members who have gone bankrupt or are embroiled in some kind of financial scandal. And my question is, why? Why are there so many housewife stars with financial skeletons in their closet? Seems to be a story there, and I wanted to find out. <laughs> Kelly Ben Simone, welcome to Money Rehab. Thank you. I love that Money Rehab. That's such a great title. Thank you. I think we're going to keep it. <laughs> How did you start in real estate? So um, I actually stumbled upon real estate. Unfortunately, my mom fell ill and wanted me to help sell our family properties. And my father's older. So I oversaw that, um, quickly got my license and wasn't really thinking that you know, this is like just when million dollar listing had gone on and I was, you know, just finished. Um, I just retired from housewives getting my MBA and I was just like, and I just was kind of stumbled into this because I, I had to do it. And so out of something that's so traumatic came something like so incredible. Like who'd have known that, you know, She's asking me to do something to like preserve our family. And all of a sudden I'm pulling in 110 million on my own. I was just about to ask that. Uh, I was just getting, I was waiting to like throw down that number because you were like, oh, I just stumbled into this little thing. Casual $110 million in sales later. Last year. Yeah. Just last year. In one year. One year. Started with the number one deal of 2021. So we're in COVID. Uh, no one's in New York City, and I sold uh, 150 Charles, front house of 150 Charles for 42 million, all cash. Nicely done. That was, yeah, that was really nicely done, actually. Yeah. It was so, one, a friend of mine happened to be looking for a $30 million apartment for his son. Does that guy want to adopt another child? <laughs> when he wants to buy a $30 million apartment? Who Who is that kind of person? I mean, they're just New York investors. I mean, I think a lot of these New York, a lot of New York guys knew what was going to happen. They they forecasted that there was going to be something happening. They were just, they were just bought everything up. Because it was on the down. So buy low, 
so high. high. And so when buy low, sell high, that's your business. <laughs> that's right. But it works in real estate too. You just it's really hard to time the market. It's hard to figure out the trends of real estate. It's so city specific. Uh, what do you think is going on with the real estate market now? If you could give us a pulse check. Well, so, you know, stock markets, your business, real estate markets, my business. But, you know, we had, you know, 14 contracts over 4 million last week and four of those were over 20 million. So, and it was Thanksgiving. So, you know, that's really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of big cash buyers out there. So when people ask me about my business, they're like, well, you know, people aren't selling anything. You know, I don't want to sell. I'm like, well, you can sell. It's like any market. If the person wants what you have, they're going to pay the price for it. So it doesn't matter what the state of the stock market is. You know, it's like people want what they can't have. And the good news about my business is I have a lot of great properties that most people can't have. Well, it sounds like it's really a relationship business. Completely. Completely. But this isn't something that I just fell into. People are like, oh, she got her license and all of a sudden she's doing 42 million. This is not how that works. I mean, I went to Columbia. I have my MBA. You know, I had great mentors along the way. I started L Accessories, I had Gotham Magazine. Like I'm really, I'm used to working with, you know, investors. I'm used to working with advertisers. I'm used to like, you know, I think one reason that real estate really resonates with my clients is because I know everything about lifestyle. I started a magazine based on lifestyle. So it's like I already put the work in. And so I can kind of sit back and say, okay, this is the strategic opportunity for this apartment. This apartment needs staging. This apartment needs press. This apartment needs, you know, a party. This apartment, you know, whatever it is, you know, everything needs a little love in some kind of way. And, you know, you just can't like, you know, they always say like put lipstick on a pig. Like we don't do that. I like make it movie magic. I did bid on a place in LA and I lost it. So I need help. We've seen these crazy bidding wars. Right. It was like, you know, when interest rates were nothing, lines around the block for open houses, like they were giving something away. I mean, that's for rentals and for sales. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of changed as interest rates have gone up. But what mm -hmm. would your advice be for winning a bidding war? To have your financials in order. Just be ready to go because, you know, for example, my, you know, my daughter is looking at an apartment and they were like, okay, it's, it hasn't even finished yet. It's like they literally, the apartment is in construction and they're like, okay, you need to sell the money, you know, first month's rent, earnest deposit, all this money, like sell it, no checks, sell like right away. So you have to be really ready to go. You can't be like, oh, wait, hold on, let me just, let me just get myself together because there is that person that has their money ready to go. And that's when you lose something. I mean, I don't hate renting. I, I talk about this a lot, too, because <laughs> right. if you are taking out a jumbo mortgage and you're paying money every month, right? most of that's going to interest in the beginning. Right. Right. And that's money you're not getting back. So when people say you're throwing money away by renting, you don't get that interest back. You don't get a bunch of other stuff back. You don't get closing costs back. Right. And so do you think we should bring sexy back to renting? <laughs> I mean, there are so many. I mean, the rental market in New York is just insane right now. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of fear associated with buying properties because there's a, there's fear with the unknown. Um, and it's not like, you know, because of the volatility of the stock market, people are like, okay, that's a forecasting of what's going to happen in the real estate market. But again, like, you know, you know, I live in this beautiful building. I just sold, it's approximately, because it's, it's a co-op, so it's approximately 1,800 square feet 
one apartment for 2.9 million. And then I sold another one a couple of months later for 4.1. So I basically raised the price of the building. Obviously, the other apartment was a different apartment with a different narrative. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, you can really make really good money or you can, you know, if you're if you're living in a great home, like, for example, like I represent this insane home on the Upper West Side, 26 West 87th Street, where Billie Holiday, she lived. And it's this phenomenal townhouse. It's been completely renovated for 13.7. And... You know, that's a place like if you bought that home, I mean, you could really later on do whatever you want and really make a lot of money. So it just depends. You're not paying a lot of mortgage because you can if you take that big lump sum, like if somebody saved up two hundred thousand dollars to buy a million dollar place, but they only have two hundred grand and they put all that money into their house, uh, they're kind of house poor and then they can't use that money to put in the market and make more money potentially. So that opportunity cost of the big lump sum sometimes doesn't make sense for people. Well, we have like different buckets. So we've got the Midwestern bucket where they're putting money into under their under their mattresses. And then we have the real estate bucket and then we have the stock market bucket. So we have like different people trying to figure out their finances in different kinds of ways. And it's just kind of, it's just really like what works for you. Some people are just like, I'm just going to put that cash under my mat- mattress. And Which we don't for, recommend and, for, no, we for don't. the record. But some people are just like, I'm just going to save it for a rainy day because cash is king. So queen. Pe- queen, queen, king and queen. So you may <laughs> not recommend it, but it's, at the end of the day, sometimes it's good because, you know, if during COVID, when you had a lot of cash, you could really buy anything you wanted. So just it's there's just three different kinds of buckets and it's just really what you want to do and how you want to do it. At the end of the day, whether it's real estate, stock market or your mattress, you know, the most important, the number one priority for me in anything that I do with anyone is I tell them like your family, they're your legacy. So you need to give them shelter. I like it. Like that's crucial. And, you know, food, water and shelter. Those are the things that people need. Everybody needs shelter from the storm. Can we talk about a (laughs) type of storm? The storm that is the housewives. I think there are a lot of people listening who will know you from Housewives. Do you think there's anything that you learned doing that show that helps you with real estate? I mean, I am so grateful for Housewives and for Bravo because they gave me this massive, they they basically took my name that was like a small name in New York City and like blew me out of the water. So looking back, this is not something you regret doing. You're happy about being on the show. No. It paid dividends. Yeah. Many, many. I mean, I think that like when everyone ever asked me about the regrets, like the the only regret that I ever had was not showing like my real life because it wasn't fair to the, to single women to not show them like how I was making money on my own. Like they just thought that I was running around, you know, cartwheels, like, you know, like chewing gum, having fun, which is something that I do all the time, but I also know how to make money and provide for my family. And they didn't show enough of that, you don't think? Well, it was, yeah, they didn't want to because they were like, she's a supermodel. And you you have to remember too, like back when I was on television in the Ice Age, it was like 2009, you know, being a single parent was definitely not sexy. That was like almost taboo. Being able to provide for your family was like an anomaly. And, you know, just talking about being single was something that's like, oh, you're not with a man like you don't have you're not a unit right you're not complete you're not like a traditional family so there were all of these interesting layers of things that were that people didn't want to necessarily hear about and now people are like how did you do it how did you do it i'm like um i don't know you asked my kids 
they did it. I didn't do it. I just like pushed them. So we heard rumors that Bravo wants you to come back for Housewives of New York Legends show. Are you going to do that? I mean, you know, I'm definitely thinking about it. You know, it's like I love the brand um, and I love the women. So um, I'm I'm definitely thinking about it. So, But leaning more toward yes? We'll see. Sounds like it. <laughs> we'll, see. It we'll see what happens. I never, you know, you never say never. Um, but, I'll, you know, everything has to everything has to align. Hold on to your wallets. Money Rehab will be right back. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now for some more money rehab. It sounds like it. I mean, Bethany has said that there's always a number to go back to the housewives. Right. Do you always, have a number? Well, it's work at the end of the day. So there's always a number for everything. Great. <laughs> it's not a charity. Uh, right. Okay. So what would your, would, like a ballpark? Um, I don't know, like really. Roughly. Okay, so f- I'm going to give you $50 million. Would you go back to the Housewives? Uh, $50 million, I'd probably go back to the Housewives. $10 million. <laughs> We're doing an auction. Why We're is it 50 to 10? That's terrible. <laughs> That's like, like, it's usually like 50 to like 47 or like... We're not buying a house like- here, sister. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to find the ballpark. I'm think. trying to find the range. Like, everyone's always what neighborhood like, are right. we in? No, but everyone's of- like when they when they ask me, I'm like, oh no, no, I don't really like that number. They're like, why? I'm like, which means like four nine seven five. They're like, no, what? <laughs> but it sounds like the salary isn't really where you're making the money. But yeah. you get paid by episode. Um, it depends on your deal. So there's not a standard thing. No. Everybody gets. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really know what other people are getting. I don't really like a lot of a lot of housewives. They like try to commiserate. I'm like, no, no, I'm like, I'm good. You don't like talking about it. I like financial transparency. I do too, but I think that you have to be careful, especially on a show like that. It's different, like when you're working together, but when you're like on a show that's being filmed under like a microscope. 
on HGTV. I think it's different when you're talking because there's that constant like the 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 level of competition just gets really really high because of like how much the person's getting paid versus like what's at stake emotionally. Do you know what I mean? Got it. I'm sure Bravo doesn't want everybody talking about it because there'll probably be like some collective bargaining agreement where everybody goes up and but tries to again like you don't want to be like you don't want to have i mean you wouldn't want to be on a show you wouldn't want to produce a show where you have like four people already arguing about knowing how much the other person is making i mean like, there's a balance right because i think especially for women negotiating in order this will be a real estate analogy for yeah. you in order to price your house you need right. to know the comp of the area <clears throat> obviously okay so the same thing works for like salaries right? right if you don't know the comp like how are you pricing yourself you're shooting in the dark right that's a good point but i think that when you're seeing people that are getting like a million versus like other people that are getting like ten thousand, i think that that such a like it doesn't it's not a level playing field and so then people get like at the onset like ferocious mm. and they don't want that they want people to be genuine and they want people they want to like it's hgtv you want to see like authentic moments yeah, although I would argue with housewives, there's been so much financial turmoil for yeah. so many of these women that yes. maybe talking about it would be helpful because the number of bankruptcies, the number of financial scandals. Well, I mean, if we talked, if you're talking about actual finance, if you're saying to like so-and-so, like if you went on and we're like, hi, this is what you need to do. Or if someone was in a situation with bankruptcy, if you were there to be like, well, I can help you navigate that. I think that's different than like trying to get people to on the onset to be like, you're making 10,000, I'm making a million, like I'm better than you are, you know, kind of thing. Should I bust into the house? Because you don't know what's going to, you don't know like women? who's going to be the breakout star. Like you don't know just because you're making X amount of dollars doesn't mean that you're not going to be that, that you're going to be the breakout star versus the other one. You don't know that. It depends on like the narrative. It depends on like what they're doing, you know? So I'll be honest. I haven't watched any Housewives franchise at all. You should um, be on it. I would okay, which one should I be on? <laughs> There's a Potomac. That's not a joke. <laughs> there's Dubai, there's Potomac, there's all like right. all over. There's Miami. I'm coming on. I'm gonna LA, help these women. There's Beverly Hills. I'm gonna, the, like, they can tell me. We don't have to put it on. They can tell me how much they're making. I can look at the books because it seems like there's always a headline about a financial scandal on always. the Housewives. There's always. Jen Shaw. There's Erica Jane. Teresa. I don't know how to sp say her last name. Two dice. Two yeah. dice. Why do you think so many housewives get into financial trouble? Because I think they live above their means. I think they get excited, and I think that they they forget why the fans want to hear from them. They want to hear their story, and then all of a sudden they're like, "I'm wearing Louis Vuitton. I'm in a G wagon. You know, like I'm killing it. Look at me. I'm famous." And then all of a sudden, you know, the camera stopped rolling. It's like in any business, it's like an entertainment business, like music, modeling, acting. You see all these people like doing so well and then all of a sudden they stop doing well and money stops going, you know, coming in and all of a sudden it's like, dun, 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 you know, then life gets real. So I think you'd be great. I think they would be, they would, you know, <laughs> I think it'd be great to just have you just like in general, just like telling women like, you know, how to take care of themselves. And I'm in. Sign me up. Because it's not even living within your means. It's living below your means, which is not fun and sexy, but it builds long-term wealth. Just right. saying. Right. Um, with Erica Jane, she's been having all this trouble with her husband, ex-husband. Uh, it came out that she didn't have a prenup or something like that. 
what do you think about prenups? Um, it depends on the situation. You know, I think that some situations you should have a prenup. I mean, I didn't have a prenup with my ex-husband. Was that a mistake? No. No. Because, I mean, I had money coming in. He had money coming in. And, you know, I just genuinely wanted to, you know, move forward. And, you know, money wasn't the impetus. Like, I didn't marry him for money. And I wasn't divorcing him for money. I was divorcing him for freedom and to raise my kids and to give them the greatest life ever. And I just didn't feel like, you know, being with him was doing that. So I don't necessarily, I don't think of it like that. Like some women are like, oh my God, money, which is great. <laughs> or you could <laughs> flip the script, right? And say like, I, this is an empowering thing. I'm a woman. I make my own money. Like I need to protect my own stuff. Right. Anyway. Well, there's, there's two sides of it. I mean, I definitely raised my kids with good values and a sense of self and they've always worked and... You know, my daughters work through college and they've, you know, done everything from like babysat to, do what you know, like bartending, waitressing, like they've done it all. Personally, I don't know. I mean, it's like I don't judge people, but I don't marry for the ring. Like I, you know, married because he's, you know, I married my ex-husband because I thought he was an amazing human. I would, if I thought that was marrying for the ring, like I would have gotten well, a bigger ring. I think some people think of it that, <laughs> but you know, you, you, if you get divorced or if something happens, it's like having insurance. You don't want the state to decide. You just want to be in control of what happens. You right. throw it in the fire or whatever. So, right. so would you get married again? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about like your inheritance, like your family's inheritance or something like that, like, I don't think that that's fair for, you know, for an ex to get that. That's not fair. But when you bring something to a relationship and you are in the relationship and you're you're going in under contract, you know, it's a transaction at the end of the day. It's a legal contract. I'm going to marry you and this is what we're going to do. And here's the terms of the contract. I mean, that's what it is. So if you don't like the terms of the contract, you probably shouldn't have gotten involved in the first place. So you're outdating. Yes. How's that going? It's going well. Are you on the apps? Yes. I have, do apps. I have a boyfriend. Oh. I have a boyfriend. I have a really serious boyfriend. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> when you were dating, did men feel intimidated by you, do you think? No. With by your network? No, they're always trying to like take care of me. Men are always like, Oh, let me take care of you. Like it made me feel very insecure. Very insecure. Because you want to take care of yourself. Right. Because it's like, you know, here I have these two girls. And what am I going to do? Just be like, oh, okay. Like, let me just, you know, hop into your arms with two kids. <laughs> I was like, ready, set, here we go. You know, I felt a big responsibility. And people, you know, guy, men, guys that I were dating were very, very um, assertive about, you know, taking care of me. Made me very insecure. Not to say that I don't, I, I don't appreciate it, but I felt like kind of like it was like, okay, this is the amount of money you're going to get every month. And I was like, what? Wow. Or you didn't want to show that kind of paradigm to your kids, too? Right. I just didn't, didn't. I mean, the whole thing just really, I didn't, like, didn't agree with me. So with your, with your man But some now, people really like that. Like, some people are like, great. Like, at least I know what I'm getting. Like, you know, I mean, again, like, we're talking, you know, honestly, like, some yeah. women just really like that. I just, that was just never, like, I wasn't raised like that. I'm my, if I told my father, by the way, I'm marrying this guy and he's going to give me X amount of dollars per month, my daughter, my father would be like, I you know, spent all this money on all this great education for you to think oh, like you that. You went to Columbia to, to he would not be he no he passed and he would not be happy. He would want me to like have a partner and to build 
he would want together. Me to, yeah, he would want me to build. Some. I don't. I think that there's there has to like. You know, women have to be able to be doing something that really like ignites them and makes them feel whole so that the relationship where it started off is, you know, it ignited for a reason. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go into this transaction, you sign this piece of paper, this, you know, stone goes on your finger and all of a sudden the dynamics change, you know, and I think that people get lost. And I think it's not about the money. I think it's about they just get personally just and emotionally lost. I mean, I, I mean, I know yeah. we were talking about money for you, but I mean, I think of it more in like an emotional way where, you know, I have a lot of empathy for both women and men who are, get, you know, get lost in relationships. And I don't want someone to be in a relationship with me that feels like that. You know, for someone like me, I just, you know, I've waited so long to be with the right person. And, um, you know, I've met a lot of really great guys, but they're definitely not the right person for me. And you know, I just want to have respect for my for my partner and I want him to, you know, do everything that he wants to do. And I want to do the same. And do you believe in like a co-creation talking about work or having him help you with deals oh, absolutely. or connections or stuff yeah, like that? Of course. And I think that's really important, too. It's like you, you Support know, each other. You have to be career. a supportive spouse. I mean, you can't just be like, yeah, oh, sure. just come over here and let me just. You know, like Shel Silverstein, where like all of a sudden the giving tree is like this little stump. <laughs> like that's not fair. Yeah, it's give and take. Listen, I mean, we're talking about finances, but I think that like, and there's nothing wrong with being in love. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to get married for money. I you don't agree. have to get married because you need to like live and move into an apartment. It's like, it's so nice to have someone like you as a role model who can talk to women about finances because it's something that's daunting. And I've had to deal with it all my life. I don't talk about it. I don't, you know, I know a lot, you know, like a lot of the housewives are like, I made all this money and they're throwing it around. And, and all these women like are watching and they're just kind of like, Wait, what, what about me? Like, mm -hmm. I can't even pay bills. And you know what I mean? So it's hard. It's hard to see all of that. So I just want you know women to be excited about what they have and who they are and, you know, to like recognize that there are checks and balances and the money that goes yeah. in, the money that goes out, and just to try to be mindful of what they're doing. Yeah, I think how people are in different parts of their relationship, if they're avoidant or whatever, it, it just transfers over to how you approach money too. Right. But it sounds like you're saying to viewers or watchers of The Housewives, maybe don't emulate what you see. Don't be as frivolous as what you're watching on the show. Right, right. But I mean, at the same time, you, you shouldn't be like, you know, be, you know, I need to be rich in order to be, you know, to feel good because, you know, there's so many more things, in, you know, to be happy. And, you know, I've had so many iterations of my life and I've been through so much, you know, so many like peaks and valleys. And I don't feel, I still to this day, believe in love and believe in like taking care of myself and taking care of other people. Yeah. What's one financial piece of advice you would give your former self? It's just that what I tell myself today. It's just like, you know, there's a little for me, a little for the for Uncle Sam, and then a little to put away. Yeah. And I'm always like thinking of my girls, like what we're going to do for them and just like just to be balanced about it. Because like, I mean, what you were saying before about like, you know, to live under your means, some people just can't do that. Some people just, you know, it's like, you know, my father came from absolutely nothing and he gave us so much education, integrity, you know, a, a healthy mindset. And he lived, lived way above his means, way above his means. But he created like we were his legacy. So whatever he spent was, well, we were his stocks. Just kind of like a different kind of 
We have investing. We have investing. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions at moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to have your question answered on the show or even have a one-on-one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. Seriously, thank you for listening and investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.